Happy Monday, everyone. I am so excited to start this first podcast for Entrepreneur. I currently work at one of the largest institutions in the United States, and it's my alma mater, and so I have like a huge you know, passion for education because I come from a family with a long lineage of just being educators. Um, my grandmother, she was an educator. My father's an educator. My mom's a nurse. My cousin, she is a director at in a university in California, and then I am also an educator, which is really just exciting. Um, and I'm just so happy to know that. And every day when I wake up, I love what I do. Um, and so I just feel like creating Entrepreneur is just an extension of my love for higher education, but then also to see the transformation of where it's going to be headed. So pretty much, people are probably like, "What is Entrepreneur?" And what cracks me up about it is that when I type in what, like, you know, when I type in entrepreneur, Google always corrects me, like every platform corrects me. It's like, do you mean entrepreneur? And the reason why I did that is because higher education is shifting in a way that it's emphasizing on, you know, staff members, faculty, provosts, all levels to be entrepreneurial in, um, in this in their work. Um, so if I can give an example, in the state that I currently live in and work in, the federal government and state government has definitely decreased funding for education across all boards. So elementary, secondary, um, higher education. And so that's why so many professionals have had to kind of find ways to be more creative um, in seeking funding and to fill in those gaps since that is not, funding is not a priority um, for the two governments. Um, and so this is why I was inspired to create this Entrepreneur podcast, but then also to really document the great work that's happening just because, you know, the student government or state, state government and the federal government are not able to make that commitment. There's people on the ground level that are willing to do the extra mile, to do more, because education is the greatest equalizer, as we all know. And honestly, I think it's amazing that there's so many investors in that are invested in education. Obviously, ed educators are invested, but also those that are change makers. Um, they may not work in the education field, but they're so they find so much um, not just passion, but they they really believe in the mission of education. And so I wanted a platform that we can share these stories of these great people, but then also just talk about different things that are happening in higher education and you know secondary and elementary. And I think it's imperative that those stories are shared. And then also just, you know, it's a great encouragement too, because I think a lot of times it really, it's, it's uplifting to see what communities can do, what individuals can do um, to help drive, you know, education and make sure that it's accessible and it's equitable for all. Um, and so that's why I was inspired to start Entrepreneur. So now that you know what Entrepreneur is, I want to talk about just a little bit about, you know, the Facebook scandal. It's been so huge. I think anywhere you go, you just see Mark Zuckerberg's name and Cambridge Analytica. And why is it, I mean, why is it so, why is the story so huge? And to be honest, it's huge, not just because 
80 million um, users data was, you know, was jeopardized and all of this. But for a huge place like Facebook, one of the premier social media platforms to be involved in such one of the biggest scandals, I would say, in my time, I mean, this is really big because there hasn't been any other platforms that have experienced something so huge like this. And to be honest, it's like, how do you navigate this huge issue of privacy? Because as we know, there's no such thing as privacy anymore, especially once when the internet was created. And if, you know, if Facebook's platform is all about sharing, not just, you know, your personal, you know, stories, but also just like those, that information, like your, your email address, your likes, what do you like, your interests, all these, you know, other things like activities, music. I mean, it's pretty much just like a, a, a resume of this is who Tommy, Tommy Joe, this is what Tommy Joe likes. And like that information is so powerful for so many people. I mean, I know there's universities that are always seeking out data through whichever, you know, platforms you want to use. Like I'm familiar with Experian. Like that's something that universities are um, kind of transitioning wanting to buy those data because then they can help, you know, impact the type of programming they do, the type of emails they send, maybe the type of fundraising. So there's there's just a lot around data, big data, and how it can really reshape, you know, the work that people do. And it could be a positive reshaping or it can be a negative reshaping. And I think that's why the story is so huge because there hasn't been any regulations. There hasn't been any type of structural type of way to see if it's ethical or not. And so the outcome of this is just really huge. And and I hope that something can be solved, especially in time for the 2018 midterm elections. I mean, I think I'll be wishing if something was, you know, resolved by then. Um, but most importantly, the 2020 election, I think that needs to, you definitely need to figure out privacy of data and then making sure that everything is ethical. I mean, it just seems like it's very challenging in the digital age to have ethics being that anyone can access data if they have a certain number in their bank account. And I don't know what it will be. And I think if we, as you know, as the U.S., I think if you're not familiar, um, the European Union, they are, they're rolling out this new data privacy, which I think is really great, um, starting in May of 2018. And it's really about protecting the user's data. And I think I read something on TechCrunch that if Facebook goes that route in terms of um, the European Union's way of you know, protecting data that may cover up some bases, but I feel like that will be the benchmark for all industries, whether in education, if you're in business, if you're in real estate of some sort, just to protect that and, and ensure that that data is going to be protected at all times, or at least some type of safe measure, because at this point there isn't any. Um, so it will be, will be interesting to see what happens in the next few months and how here response um, to the different committees. So this morning he did have, you know, a moment with Capitol Hill and he was talking to the House of Representatives, um, specifically um, the Committee of Energy and Commerce. And he pretty much owned up and said, you know, it was his fault for not protecting the users. And at the end of the day, you have to protect the users. And he went on to say, you know, he created it 
you know, he, he has to take full responsibility, which is great, which is awesome. I think everyone should take full responsibility. But how do you do that moving forward, especially in the time where you have dark web and all these people that are just really just data hungry. And so I'm curious to see what he is going to do to change that. And to kind of talk about this, um, it looks like that Mark Zuckerberg said that he is going to adopt EU's general data protection regulation um, to govern the company's platform. So that could be good. That could be <laughs> step one. And if you're not too familiar with like the, you know, GDPR, pretty much it is going to change data privacy regulation um, for the European Union, which is going to be great. Um, specifically, and I can let me pull up some notes so that you know what it is, but pretty much <clears throat> regardless if like, say if I work at a university and I have European student students enrolled at my institution, I, U.S. institution, must still be, be obliged to go on the, you know, GDPR rule. So I can't just be like, just because we're in the U.S., like, these rules don't apply. These rules are still applicable to me, regardless, because I have European students. So pretty much, like, in short... It was designed to harmonize data privacy laws across Europe to protect and empower all EU citizens' data privacy and to reshape the way organizations across region approach data privacy. Um, and I'll actually include a link below so that you are aware, like, what is this about? But this is actually a huge conversation that I'm having. Um, well, not necessarily that I'm having, but it's a conversation that I've been in meetings in. And it's it's definitely huge. And I think Facebook saying that this is the step that they're going to be going, you know, moving forward to, I think that that's going to be the adoption for all across the board, just to ensure that people that they're serving feel comfortable using their services, because if they don't feel comfortable, then they lose, you know, revenue. So they'll definitely have to make some changes in order <laughs> to, to, you know, still maintain their revenue, but then also just the, um, I would just say like the the security of the people. Um, so this is kind of the first podcast that I'm doing and I hope that you enjoyed it. Um, I, I definitely will have more topics to discuss, but I definitely wanted to just share my first podcast and I'm just excited. Hopefully I'll have some guests coming in the future, but this is definitely the first start. And if you have any suggestions, please let me know. But I thank you for listening to the fir first podcast of Entrepreneur. I hope you have a good day. Bye.